0: Revolution Radio of freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now
1: you got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me!
2: Revolution Radio.
3: We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission.
1: Is it disloyalty? Is it sedition? Is it treason to hold
4: the hands of tyranny? Never!
3: I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not
0: what course others will take, but as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me liberty! Dead. A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years.
1: We are free with the God-given rights, and we shall not yield that right
0: to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Revolution.Radio. Thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Radio FreedomSlips.com. And yeah, we're going to get back to your host.
2: All right, it's 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in the UK. My name's Dennis. You're listening to Free Association on Revolution Radio. Uh, I don't really have a show as, as yet but I'm sure what will emerge from whatever conversation we have in the chat room. We've been having a good old chat in the, in the chat room at revolution.radio for the last half an hour or so. So I've, I've got a little bit of a show from that, and then I'm sure the rest of it will just emerge. I'm trusting that, you, that the universe will give me a show, and I, and I may resort to playing an interview with David Bowie. Um, I might do that anyway, actually. So, Revolution Radio is listener-supported, as you probably already know. Uh, so, if you want to help us out at any point, uh, there are plenty of options to do that. If you go to revolution.radio, you'll see a donations tab on the menu. And if you click on that, it'll take you through to a page where you can make a donation by cryptocurrency or money order or by setting up a, a monthly donation on Patreon or, or giving a one-off donation. So there's plenty of options. It's no obligation, but of course, uh, we, we do have service to pay for. There are things that need to be taken care of that cost money to run the operation. None of us make any money. We're all volunteers. But it does cost money to run a radio station. So if you can help us out, even if it's $5 a month, it's the price of a cup of coffee, or where I am, it's yeah, probably three pounds for a cup of coffee now, three pounds twenty. So that's roughly four quid, which is more or less five dollars. So that's about the cu- price of a cup of coffee once a month. So instead of having a cup of coffee, do something that doesn't cost any money for 25 minutes and and. Make a donation to Rev Radio. That's the way that I would do it. Um, yeah, well, as I say, we're all, we're all volunteers. There's some interesting stuff happens at Rev Radio. There's some good shows. Shows that, well, shows that I like, shows that I don't particularly like. But everybody's got a right to their opinion. And everybody's got a right to express their opinion. And that's what I like about Revolution Radio. It's the freedom of speech. But even if I don't agree with what you're saying, I'll defend your right to say it. And hopefully you'll defend my right to say what I say. That's kind of how it works. There's got to be a little bit of reciprocity involved. Otherwise, it's just people dominating each other, which is not really the way that I want to go on. It's not really my style. So we were having a conversation about uh, Prince Harry. And about Boris Johnson. And I, I, I was going to play a piece of material about Boris Johnson today. So I don't think, it, I don't think I'm actually going to do the piece that I was preparing to play. That it was yesterday and things move along at a tremendous pace. Or there's also the disclosure thing is on my mind. So, I'm not sure about that really, though. It's, uh, it's on my mind very definitely. It's been on my mind for the last three or four days since the, the whistleblower came forward. But it's too much of a coincidence that a whistleblower comes forward independently, allegedly independently, when there's a big disclosure event happening in Washington this weekend, uh, which is Stephen Greer's operation. And I don't really trust Stephen Greer. It seems to me like he's probably running a bit of a military intelligence operation, but I don't know for sure. So I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt until I know for sure. But uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. There's something about him that I don't trust. So I'll give him about 40% of the doubt, but the rest of it's doubt. I'll give him benefit for 40%. So sixty-four. 40 is more or less just saying you don't know, isn't it? It's more or less saying that. But that's kind of how I feel. It. Let's say hello to the chat room before we get into this in a, in a major way. Let me know if you can hear me in the chat room. Just to, be on, just to be sure, I did test it and it looks all right at this end, but you can't be 100% sure with technology. Well, the other thing we were talking about we were talking about british politics in the chat room earlier on and we were kind of agreed that it's it's really two two sides of the same coin two cheeks on the same ass i call it uh or it's it's a, a one basically it's a uni party i i, I agree what with, with what sorry sunflower said in the chat that it's basically a uni party You've got Rishi Sunak, who's a gold, Goldman Sachs man, and then you've got Sakia Starmer, who's clearly some kind of military intelligence asset. And I don't trust either of them as far as I can throw them. Really, don't trust them. Uh, so the the choice is between Smersh and Spectre. You've got a choice. Of, you've got a choice of James Bond villains, really. So, the choice is, is who's got the cutest cat and whether you like piranhas or sharks. <laughs> That's really the choice. So, it's not the best choice in the world. I've, I've seen better potential elections coming up. Seen much better potential elections. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll play a little bit of, of the Boris Johnson stuff just because it's. Uh, it's current, it's current material. So I mean it literally happened yesterday. He resigned as an MP last night. So here's a Sky News report. Share my screen. There we go. Share screen. Get this sorted. It's not working. Why is it not working? That should that should be sharing my screen and it's not. I don't know why. Anyway, I shall ramble for a little bit more until I figure it out. There's obviously something technical going on yet again. Ah, uh, who knows how this works, really? Who knows who refuses to do it? So um, I wonder if I, if I play this, then in theory it ought to pick it up.
1: Yes, Nigel Adams, you'll recall, is one of Boris Johnson's closest lieutenants. Going back years, um, he uh, has been with Boris Johnson. So uh, Nigel Adams, along with people like Jake Berry uh, and others, one of Boris Johnson's closest allies and supporters. And this is beginning to look like a coordinated uh, uh, campaign uh, of uh, resignations. First of all, we had, uh, we had uh, Nadine Doris last night, now Nigel Adams. Now, Nigel Adams is uh, MP is for, Selby for Selby and Ainsty in, in Yorkshire. Pretty, pretty safe seat, seat, just over 20,000. Uh, he's been, been an MP, been MP uh, since uh, 2010. Uh, under, under Boris Johnson, Johnson he had a few uh, middle-ranking cabinet, cabinet post, ministerial post. Post. There's There's ministerial posts, ministerial posts. He did, in at one stage, uh, attend his cabinet, cabinet, although he, he wasn't a full member of the cabinet. Now, Nigel Adams, of course, was one of those tipped for a peerage... Although, whenever I asked him about it, he always claimed he knew nothing about it. Uh, but he did tell me that he told his association that a year or so ago he did not intend to fight the next general election. Now... Until, until, a few minutes ago, it looked as though he, he would, would stay on as the MP, MP for Selby and AC until the election, and then go. Now, in his, his announcement, he says, says that, that yesterday, Selby Conservatives Conservative selected an excellent new parliamentary, parliamentary candidate, and, and he, he says, I have I today, today informed, informed the Chief, the Chief Whip, that's that's Simon Hart, that, that I, will I will be standing, standing down as a Member of Parliament, of Parliament with immediate, immediate effect." effect.
3: It has been an honour to represent the area where I was raised, educated,
1: and, uh, and, um, and uh, grew up and, and so on. So, we face the prospect now of a trio of by-elections. What a nightmare for Rishi Sunak. So, we're here in the uh, Uxbridge and West Weislich constituency, where the Labour Party, I can tell you, have wasted no time in sending in activists, MPs and, of course, and their local, local candidate to do some campaigning, campaigning this afternoon. The, the second by-election, uh, this, this is obviously, obviously Boris Johnson, or was Boris, Boris Johnson's, Johnson's seat, seat not anymore. The, the second is, is Nadine Doris's mid-Bedfordshire seat. Bed, bed, seat. That's, that's a safe, a safe Tory, Tory seat. seat. Uh, the the Liberal, Liberal Democrats have been there today. today. Cam, cam. Beigning. Are well, we going to see some, some unofficial, unofficial uh, moves, moves here, here where Labour are concentrate on this seat and seat perhaps the Lib Dems concentrate on the Bedfordshire seat? Bed and now we have, have a third, Selby so so an uh, and where uh, Mr Adams, as I said, a majority of just over 20,000. You would expect probably Boris Johnson would want to get these by-elections over with as soon as possible, so we're perhaps looking at late uh, July and probably hold them all on the same day. There will be trepidation, however. However, in the in Tory, Tory high command, command, how, how many, many more Boris Johnson, Johnson allies are, are going, going to step down? Uh, uh, you remember, remember when, when Boris Johnson was uh, Prime, uh, Prime Minister, we had Sajid, Sajid Javid, Javid went, went, and then minutes and then later Rishi Sunak went. went. That, that followed Oliver Dowden going, uh, is are there going, there going to be more resignations after these three? So it's looking like a coordinated campaign with Boris Johnson's allies basically saying to Rishi Sunak, we've had enough. We've had enough enough of your government. We saw Boris Johnson said in his his long, long, uh, angry angry statement last night. Uh, We haven't had any any long, angry statements statements yet yet from from either Mr Adams or uh, Nadine Doris. She's been relatively circumspect circumspect by her standards over the last 24 24 hours. But we've we've got a by-election crisis now for Rishi Sunak, although his allies will say two of these three seats
2: are relatively safe. Over 20,000 majorities,
1: but, but the, the Liberal Democrats, Democrats let's not let's forget, overturned big, big majorities, majorities similar to that that, that Naradine Doris had in, in uh, 2015 in Mid Bedfordshire, in, in, in Shropshire, Shropshire North, North following, following the uh, 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 demise the of, of Owen Patterson and secondly uh, in uh, Tiverton and Hamilton Down in Devon. In Remember uh, 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 Neil Parish, the uh, MP who claimed he was looking at tractors on his on his computer. Well, well, I, I think it think 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 was, uh, was quite attractive as he was looking at, looking at. to you remember that story? Anyway, anyway here we, we are, are in uh, Hillingdon, in, uh, in uh, Boris Johnson's, Boris Johnson's constituency, constituency, where Labour is already campaigning. They, they would hope to, agree to agree overturn that, that Boris, Boris Johnson majority of 7,000. 000. What well, about Mr. Johnson? Johnson? In his statement last night, he said, "I'm putting for now." Will he William try and get Henley back, back? The MP back. there, the John How, standing House down. Will he William perhaps go and try and fight uh, uh, um, uh, the, uh, the, the mid- Bedfordshire seat, or, or even Selby and Ainsley? Probably, probably not. And uh, uh, it has, has been pointed out, of course, that the reason for his quitting this report that looks as though the Committee of Privileges is throwing the book at him, even if he quits as an MP, the Uh, the report report will will still still come out, he will will still be damned as as, uh, as having lied to Parliament. So Mr Mr. Johnson, uh, Johnson, you could say his reputation is in tatters and uh, he he is uh, angrily angrily walking walking away and the breaking breaking news is is that one of his closest allies, allies, Nigel Adams, has has now joined joined another ally, Nadine Dorris, in walking walking away from Parliament, plunging Rishi Sunak into a triple by-election challenge.
2: Um, all right I didn't know there was three now uh, I knew Nadine Doris had resigned last night but I didn't realize there was another guy they're giving, they're giving Rishi Sunak back what he gave they are basically just giving him back the same tactic so the tactic that brought down Boris Johnson was more or less the whole cabinet resigning over a period of a couple of days so the Boris, Johnson, Boris Johnson and his allies are giving Rishi Sunak back the same thing that Rishi Sunak gave Boris Johnson, or the, the process that he set in motion. That was clearly a coordinated process. So this is the Tory party in meltdown, basically, which I'm in favour of, generally speaking. I don't like the Tories. I never have done. And uh, they've never done anything for me and I'm not about to start doing anything for them. Uh, They're all just basically a bunch of of criminals and scumbags um, on on a reasonably large scale as well. They don't hide the fact that they're criminals and scumbags and chancers. They just uh, do what they do, and they know they're covered, by the laws that they've put in place, or by their Freemason friends in the in the police and the Department of Public Prosecutions, or, or whatever the DPP or whatever it's called now. Uh, so they they know they've got cover, so they just they just rip off the the taxpayer for everything they can get, basically. So it's really just we've got a choice of a small scale. Fraud and criminality, or large-scale fraud and criminality with the Tories. So I'm probably not going to vote for the Keir Starmer's Labour Party. In fact, I know I'm definitely not going to vote for Keir Starmer's Labour Party. So that, I don't even think I'll vote in the next election at the moment. There's nobody getting my attention. I don't have I don't have photo ID, so they wouldn't let me in the polling station to begin with. Unless I get photo ID, photo ID between now and the general election, I won't be voting at all. Right, let's try try this piece, which is from Times Radio. This is from... Let's speak to Alan Tolhurst, who's Tuesday, chief reporter at of Politics, of Politics High. High. Morning. Morning. Morning.
4: Your reaction... Let's speak to Alan Tolhurst, who's chief reporter at Politics High. High. Morning. 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 Your reaction, first of all, to, to Boris Johnson and the man...
5: In which he was resigned. Yeah, it's really, really, is. Um, um, uh, you know, a lot journalist
4: journalists would have tried to get it in a, a bit, bit earlier ahead of uh, print, 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 print deadline times. So I can imagine he his,
5: his, his name, name was, was cursed a lot of newsrooms last night dropping that news so, so late, late it's as it did like, on, on a Friday, Friday night. night. And, and I, I think, think the timing was interesting. We know that he received the report from the Privileges Committee earlier in the week. I thought what was interesting was that. There was, there was no, no stories in the media and sort of friends of and friends allies of Johnson claiming that he'd been exonerated, that it was all going to be fine, which you often kind of get from Johnson along this. There was no briefings at all, which I guess is kind of bad news, and and it looks like basically he's waited until he got his honours out of the way and then decided. Rather than kind of trying to fight this privileges committee report, instead he decided just to jack it all in. He clearly doesn't want the ignominy of kind of facing a suspension from the parliament, a petition, a recall petition, and potentially, you know, a by election and, and leaving parliament that way. He's decided just to to, to to quit now rather than, than wait for all that process to take place.
4: He talked very strongly about the privilege committee saying that they've made their mind up before they started, egregious bias. He talked it, about it being a witch hunt and a kangaroo court. And we must forget that Chris Bryant recused himself from that Parliamentary Committee because of statements he'd made. But we mustn't forget, Harriet Harman did say some pretty strong things about Boris Johnson before it began. I mean, she called him a proven liar. Some people will say, you know, maybe Boris Johnson has a point here.
5: I think when you look at some of Harman's comments, you could maybe make that argument. But you have to remember that actually there is a Tory majority. It was a it was a majority of Tory MPs on that committee. And as a lot of people saying that it's used to do with Brexit, you know, includes two of the most arch Brexiteers in Bernard Jenkin and to Charles Walker. You know, and he you know he set up the process when he was Prime Minister and, and approved it. So I think in that sense it's kind of a you know you, you can't really suggest that it's 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 a witch hunt in that sense because it's it's a Tory majority that has voted for this potential sanction was enough to kick him out of Parliament. Mm.
4: How damaging is it for the Conservative Party, not only for for this to be all played out in public and Boris Johnson being so overtly critical of Rishi Sunak, but also the fact now the Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister, has to face the prospect of two by-elections.
5: Yeah, and of course that was the big row over Johnson's resignation honours list as well, was that he wanted to nominate, we believe, four sitting MPs, including Nadine Dorries. And there was a lot of row over whether that was going to, A, whether it was sort of constitutional for MPs to be up peerages before they've stood down, or B, whether, you know, it was going to cause these by-elections, which would be a massive headache. For for Sunak, the fact is that obviously Nadine Doris has decided that she's going to go anyway. I think her seat in Mid Beds is probably a bit more uh, safe, it's a bit more, she's got a pretty large majority. But certainly Oxbridge was a massive Labour target anyway. They've already got their candidate in place and have been campaigning. Whereas the Tories are now scrabbling around. They sent out an email last night looking for candidates to apply. Um, so it's going to be very difficult uh, and, and very damaging, uh, you know, to lose. If you keep losing these sort of uh, mid. Uh, parliament by-elections. It doesn't look good for your, you know, for your future <laughs> prospects essentially. And if they were to lose mid-beds, then I think, you know, that would show that the tide is really going out on the Conservative Party. It would be very difficult for them to hold on to even seats that look pretty safe. at a a general election
6: we
4: must talk about the honours list because that's Mm -hmm. in some ways almost got lost after boris johnson's um resignation but i mean there's pretty patel jacob rees mogg michael fabricant not to mention the allies within downing street many of whom were blamed for some of these downing street parties all being honoured
5: yep absolutely lots of lots of uh, you know people who worked in his press team who worked in his uh, who worked as special advisors in Number 10, who were implicated, who we know were at some of these parties. They were, then, you know, A lot of them, were, some of them were named in the Sue Gray report, and they've kind of walked away with CBEs and OBEs. Uh, and in the, you know, for uh, most interesting, uh, you know, people often say that it's a sign of getting old when you know MPs are younger than you or, or policemen are getting younger than you. Uh, you know, I'm getting to the stage now where there are now peers, members of the House of Lords who are younger than me, after he nominated Ross Kempsel and Charlotte Owen, who both of whom I think are about 30 or 31 to the House of Lord, which, um, so yeah, it's, I think that has been kind of lost, and I think that that list actually was a lot cut down from where it originally was. But I do think that when we wake up on Monday morning and start realising we have to say Sir Michael Fabricant and Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg and Dame Pretty Patel, then I think it will start sort of sinking, you know, quite how interesting that list is in terms of the people that he's decided to honour.
0: Thank you so much for watching. You get extra points for making it all the way to the end
2: of the video.
4: And if you want to see more from me, Chloe, and Callum, you can join us every.
2: All right, so. That, that particular report was done about four hours ago. So there's another another Boris Johnson supporter MP resigned in between, which is the previous clip that I played. It's a it's a mess for the Tories. So Rishi Sunak's got another Boris Johnson created mess on his hands. This, this is karma, though. So you, what you give out comes back to you. Uh, it's, clear, it's clearly karma. It's like you can't get any more karmic. You can't get any more of a, a mirroring situation than uh, resigning from Boris Johnson's government produces Boris Johnson resigning as an MP later on down the line and causes the same kind of instability. It's, it's ridiculous, really, but the Tory party is a bit ridiculous. They like their psychodrama. They do like their drama. Right, now to a different kind of drama. So, disclosure. Disclosure is a, is a thing that, that I'm interested in. It's a thing that I've been interested in for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it looks like it's starting to happen. I'm not sure how real it is. But it is, something is starting to happen. It could be Project Bluebeam. It could be the military industrial conference vying for long-term funding. Could be lots of things, but uh, disclosure is definitely a thing at the moment. I'm looking for Jimmy Dawes piece on, on the whistleblower, but I don't think I can find it. Let me just have a quick look. Right, let me put Whistleblower in there and see if it comes up that way. Right, I can't find the can't find the video I was going to play from there. So, ah, oh, here we go. He, Aliens and UFOs are real, says former Pentagon official. Here we go. This is from the Jimmy Dore show a couple of nights ago, and he's really he, all he's doing is reading a piece from the Daily Mail, but his commentary is quite interesting, and his his commentary is quite good usually.
3: Get this. Military whistleblower says the United States has recovered dead pilots from craft of non-human origin and that the world powers are involved in an arms race to reverse engineer crashed UFOs. Now, there was that guy, what's his name, Bob Lazar or Lazar, was on the Joe Rogan's show, and uh, he talked about – he's a big whistleblower. He, or I don't know if he blew a whistle, but he certainly like told – every like a lot of people thought he was crazy. That's why his whistleblowing didn't work so Well, but he had basically the same story, and but he has seen this stuff. I don't think this guy has seen this stuff. That Bob Lazar guy from the Joe Rogan show, he said he saw it. So this guy also says this. So there's a video I'm going to show you in a second. Sit tight. David Charles Grouch made the claims in a series of – the former intelligence officer filed a whistleblower complaint with Congress, and he says that they covered numerous craft and dead pilots of non-human origin. Okay? Now, this guy – uh, is a former member of the Pentagon's Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. It's called UAP. And he has sense. So there you go. So that's who this guy is. Here we go.
7: You are one of the most trusted former intelligence officials in the U.S. defense and intelligence establishment. Yes, I was. You were trusted with the most intimate secrets.
3: Yeah, guys, at thirty-five. Isn't it something you could move up that quickly to, to, and get that kind of trust? How long was he working there? Ten years? Like you think you'd at I don't know. It seems like that'd be. I don't know. Anyway.
8: Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldhart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question.
7: What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh,
0: the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will, non human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed.
7: We have spacecraft from another species.
0: We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me, they approached me. I have. Plenty of current former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided to me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read right into. Grush
8: alleges the U.S. government has recovered non-human craft for decades. He's filed a whistleblower complaint, saying he gave what he calls the classified proof to Congress and the Intelligence Community Inspector General. NewsNation has confirmed David Grush's credentials and resume. We've not seen or verified the alleged proof he says he's provided to investigators. He says he can't show us the proof for national security reasons. He also tells us he's not seen photos of the alleged craft himself, but has talked extensively with other intelligence officials who have.
7: If you're right, if you're telling us the truth, everyone, the entire American public, has been lied to for decades.
0: Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the US populace which is extremely unethical and immoral. You are saying
7: to the human race for the first time an official intelligence representative at a high level from the US government is saying publicly we are not alone.
0: We're definitely not alone. Absolutely the data points empirically that we're not alone. Yeah. Do we have bodies? Do we have Species. Well, North naturally, um, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, um, sometimes you encounter um, dead pilots. And uh, believe it or not, as, fa- as fantastical as that sounds, it's true.
3: So that's the big story that apparently the corporate news hasn't been covering. Right. Uh, but Newsmax certainly is corporate. Um, or news Nation. That's not Newsmax, right? It's NewsNation. That's different. They used to be called WGN, I'm pretty sure. Channel Nine in Chicago. So, um, so that's the big news. That's that's super huge, unbelievable news. It it's it it implies many many things. Uh, One that uh, we're not alone. There are aliens. They can somehow figure to travel faster than the speed of light, because that's what they would have to do to get here from another uh, galaxy, you know, and Um, I'm not saying that they couldn't do it. I'm not saying, um, but they would be able to figure that out, but they would still not know how to land. (laughs) They could travel faster than the speed of light. They could basically defy the laws of physics because that's what they have to do to get here. But then they couldn't land. (laughs) They didn't know how to land their spaceship. (laughs) That doesn't make sense to me, but okay. So here in a statement, the Daily Two DailyMail.com on Tuesday, the Department of Defense spokesperson Sue Goh, said, "To date, AARO has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist." So, so they're still officially denying it. Now, that guy I saw, Joe Rogan's that Lazar guy, he talked about how. They were trying to reverse engineer like they have this that that's the whole point of having the craft, try to reverse engineer it, figure out how it works and they can't figure it out. And that they have this thing, this energy source that creates its own gravitational field. We don't know how to do it. We don't know how it does it. Stuff like that. Um, Grush, who served in Afghanistan and worked for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, that's called the NGA, And National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, has handed over details of the alleged operations to Congress and to the Intelligence Community Inspector General. He has also filed a complaint against the Department of Defense and claims he's been ostracized for his decision to blow the whistle. He also said that keeping the information secret further inhibits the world populace to be prepared for an unexpected non-human intelligence contact scenario. The claim comes days after Pentagon chief admitted that unidentified metallic orb UFOs have been spotted all over the world. So they've been admitting to this lately. Like I remember the, maybe the first or second time I was on Joe Rogan, He was talking about how he had just had this pilot on from the Navy who was credible and said that he saw these UFOs. And they they acted in a way no other plane could ever act. So that's why he thought it was extraterrestrial. And I said, i I've no doubt they've been ever since they invented planes, they've been seeing that stuff. Pilots have been seeing that stuff and they've always discounted it. So why now? Why now would the Pentagon start admitting it? Why would they admit it back then? Why would they let these guys talk so openly without doing character assassinations on them? That? that was my question to Joe Rogan, and because I think they've always, like, they had, like this guy said, it's been eight decades long they've known about this stuff. Yeah, I, I know. So why now would they start letting these pilots go on Joe Rogan? And, when, and then they confirmed it, a lot of it, and they and here we go again. Why now? And now there's going to be a congressional hearing. The House of Representatives to hold hearings on whistleblowers, UFO claims. So I told what my theory was at that time, two years ago, whenever that was last time I was on Joe Rogan. My theory was they got to find a way to spend more money on the military because they're going to end Afghanistan war. Or they probably doing these wars. And, and now I, I thought it was just so they could build up a space force? Well, they did. Didn't Trump start a space force? Trump started a space force. And uh, I'm like, well, that's what this is all about. It's about money. That's why they would finally now admit it, because they're so corrupt that they'll even use these secrets to try to pat, you know, uh, spend money, your money on their corporations to do whatever they do to keep us safe from aliens. And then I found this video. I just found this video today. Uh Leah McCullum tweeted this out. With all the UFO dis- this from in February eleventh he tweeted that discourse. Remember when Krugman suggests so Boston's big dig was, was just fine after all.
9: Think about World War Two, right? That was not that was actually negative social product spending and yet it brought us out. I mean partly because you want to put these things together. If we say look, we could use some inflation. Ken and I are both saying
3: that, which is of course anathema to a lot of people and so he's talking about how to get out of a slow down in the economy and he or or what i don't know what he's talking about but he's talking about at this point the economy needs some inflation that's what he just said and he said that sounds an anathema to and i'm pretty sure that word means that sounds like horrible right that sounds like the opposite of what people would want that's what he just said and so why why do you want inflation but what what why what's going on in in washington but is in fact what the basic logic says
9: it 's very hard to get inflation in a depressed economy, but if you had a program of government spending plus an expansionary policy by the Fed, you could get that so if you think about using all of these things together, you could accomplish you know a great deal i mean if if we if we discovered that uh you know space aliens were playing to attack and we needed a a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that um. This slump would be over in 18 months. And then if we discovered, whoops, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any space. So we need arson and wealth. What's your sign? No, there was a Twilight Zone episode like this in which uh, scientists fake an alien threat in order to achieve world peace. Well, this time we don't need it. We need it in order to get some fiscal stimulus.
3: So that reaffirms my original theory. And that came from um, a partisan hack who has a Pulitzer Prize. for economics um did you hear what he said he said and then in, it, and then it would get us out of this in 18 months huh. so i guess so i don't even know when this is from that video clip but it sounded like he was talking about when you have a depressed economy that you want to get the, all the spending going and all this stuff he was talking about world war Two and uh You got to get it going for 18 months to get us out of everything. And then he said, if you, if you, he got cut off, but he was about to say, let me, Boston's
9: big dig was just
5: fine after all.
3: Think about World War II, right? That
9: was not, I see negative social product spending. And yet it brought us out. I mean, partly because you want to put these things together. If we say, look, we could use some inflation, Ken and I are both saying that, which is, of course, anathema to a lot of people in, in, in Washington, but is in fact what, the basic logic says it's very hard to get inflation in a depressed economy.
3: So I'm, I guess he's talking about what do we have to do for a depressed economy? And he goes, we need to get a little inflation. I don't understand why you would need that, but he's an, I'm not an economist. So he's recommending a little inflation in a depressed economy. And how, 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 can you, how can you achieve all that?
8: This is from August 2011.
3: Oh, okay. August 2011. So how do you achieve all that? But if you had a
9: program of government spending plus an expansionary policy by the Fed
3: So if you had an expansionary policy by the Fed plus a lot of government spending, you could get out of this depressed economy.
9: You could get that. So if you think about using all of these things together, you could accomplish you know a great deal. I mean if if we if we discovered that, uh, you know, space aliens were planning to attack and we needed a a massive buildup to counter the the space alien threat um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, This slump would be over in 18 months.
3: So we just need to invent a reason to spend a lot of money and we could get out of this slump. you, You don't have to worry about deficits or budgets or anything. And what would be the good way to do it?
9: And then if we discovered, whoops, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any so we need to our...
3: So he goes, and then if we discovered, and then this asshole interrupts him, uh-huh. he's making his point to make some stupid fucking Orson Welles joke that's not funny. But what he is saying, it's
9: a mistake. There aren't actually any so
3: we need... And then if we discovered in 18 months, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any aliens. Well, we saved the economy anyway. That's what he was about to say. That's my guess. Until Mr. Fucking hilarious stepped out what he was saying. Why is it that always the unfunniest people try to make jokes?
9: Arson Welles. We'd well be better your Arson,
3: well, what you're saying. Orson Welles what you're saying. What you need we need an Orson Welles. No, that's not what he's fucking saying.
9: No, that's a, that's a there was a
3: whoops, twi- <laughs> 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 we made a mistake.
9: There aren't actually any. So we need Orson Well, We'd be a better at no, no, be we'd be better in better shape. shape.
2: Then, if, then we if we didn't, didn't come, up come up with this, with this
3: hoax, hoax of
2: them. them. All right, so is it a hoax? What do you, what are the folks in the chat room think? What are you thinking? Do you think this uh, whole disclosure thing is a hoax? I'm starting to think, well, it's it's a bit of a sigh up. There's too much coincidence in... in uh, people coming forward as whistleblowers when there's already a whistleblower event going on in Washington on the following weekend. So it's like a slow release. It's like a drip fading pre-release to get people interested. And then it's a paid, it's a paid live stream. It's a paid webinar. So it's, there's, a, there's a cash motive for some of this as well. So it's not just disclosure. It's a, there's a cash motive for it as well. So whether you trust Stephen Greer or whether you don't is part of the the question. Whether the military's drip feeding because they know they can manufacture a, an alien threat that will produce a government for the next 20, uh, um, a government budget for the next 20 years. I don't know. I don't know what it, what's going on exactly. Um, I'm sure we'll find out. But uh, I'm going to stay sceptical, stay, stay I think. Best thing hope is to be an open-minded sceptic, I think. I'll stick with that. It's served me well for the last 25 years. So I might be a bit slow on the uptake sometimes, but uh, I don't know net effect. I don't know how, how quickly we'll get into a... F- fake alien invasion agenda It's, it's whistleblowers it's whistleblowers giving testimony at the moment there's a there's a disclosure event in washington being run by stephen greer so there's quite a few whistleblowers i think he's got about 15 or 20 for his event plus there's this guy who came forward on wednesday or thursday and it's getting a little bit of traction in in the alternative media the hills covering the story. Jimmy Dawes covering it. Joe Rogan covered it. Yeah, Comet. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm thinking in terms of Project Blue Beam myself, to be honest. It's all a bit. Uh, it's all a bit Spider-Man: No Way Home. Or National Lampoon's European Vacation, which is what what Spider-Man: No Way Home was really. It was a bit of a non-movie, but it's uh, it's, about, it's about fake fake interdimensional uh, supervillains and whatever. So it, it was showing us Project Bluebeam, that movie. It was showing us the technology. So I think we need to be careful with it. We need to just be careful with it and be sceptical. And I don't know how quickly they'll get up and running with that particular narrative. There are so many disinformation now, so many psychological operations up and running at the moment that uh, it's difficult to keep track of everything. The, the Russia-Ukraine war has got a psychological operation going on with it. We've got this uh, alien, alien technology disclosure thing going on. There's, there's, there's lots of narratives. The COVID narrative still going on. There's a bioweapon narrative within that. There's the vaccine injury narrative. It's, it's really it's difficult to keep up with everything, so I tend to let go of it and then come back to it. But uh, I'm trying to keep up as much as possible. All right, let's have another look and see what else I can find to play about, uh, about disclosure. So the Hill covered this as well. So let me me find, I'll find the Hill's coverage of it. I know there was 10 minutes that's worth playing on on there.
6: A military whistleblower has made a new claim about... A United States UFO retrieval program? Air Force veteran and former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, David Grush, says that extraterrestrial craft have been recovered and kept secret by the United States. Let's hear a bit more of what Grush had to say in an interview with News Nation.
0: Uh, The UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program.
7: When you say crash
0: retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, These are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will. Non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed.
7: We have spacecraft from another species.
0: We do, yeah.
7: How many? Quite a number. You are one of the most trusted former intelligence officials in the U.S. Defense and Intelligence Establishment.
0: Yes, I was.
6: Grush said that senior intelligence officers told him, quote, based on their oral testimony, and they've provided me documents and other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was not read into.
8: Grush said he himself has not seen photos of the alleged craft, but has spoken, quote, extensively with other intelligence officials who have, News Nation reports. Grush also commented on the role of disinformation in all this. Let's watch.
7: If you're right, If you're telling us the truth, everyone, the entire American public, has been lied to for decades.
0: Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. You are
7: saying to the human race, for the first time, an official intelligence representative at a high level from the U.S. government is saying publicly we are not alone we're definitely not
8: alone
6: are we alone robbie
8: <laughs> I'm gonna break your heart and the hearts of many of our viewers and say that yes we are look I I'm just I'm, not, I'm persuaded by this stuff why not? It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of dramatic claims that just don't add up. I, I fully believe the U.S. government is in possession of technology, crafts, um, unidentified flying objects. Doesn't necessarily mean aliens. It could be technology from other countries. Could even be from other agencies within our own government. Things that don't make sense to the pilots who saw them that are that are have been kept secret. I, that I accept, and that there's not been enough transparency on all of this, and the government has tech it doesn't want you to know about. It. All that, fine. But it's not it's not non non-human alien is it's it not so why do they always crash believe? in the american southwest near a military america base america is Nobody number sees one robbie <laughs> they never crash in midtown manhattan where they're like <laughs> okay hear me out here's, here's there's a argument. there's a spy a chinese spy balloon crossing the country everybody saw it everybody took pictures of it okay. why
6: that never happens for the alien so here's crash. one explanation as a sci-fi nerd, I'm going to bring my expertise yeah. to this okay. problem. Okay. In one of the best Star Trek movies of all time, First Contact, starring Alfie Woodard and Patrick Stewart, you go back in time to the first contact that humans make with aliens, it with is the with the Vulcans. Yes. The reason why in the Star Trek the universe... Direct,
8: the Prime Directive.
6: These aliens, these aliens have not come, made contact with Earth. It's because we're too primitive a species. However, when Zephyrin Cochran, the inventor of the warp engine, makes his first warp speed flight, the Vulcans are like, hey, something's going down on the, off there on Earth. So they come down to the location of where the ship launched. That is why they came to Earth. Now, maybe there's something going on out west in Nevada or Roswell, whatever is happening out there that has caused aliens to seek out... out- that technology and to make contact at that point. That's the argument.
8: The argument is
4: an interesting argument
8: that I do not buy at all. Look, I, maybe the universe is a very big place and it is, of course, possible. And I know you were arguing with me before we started with it. It's statistically, it has to be statistically. Of course, there's so,
6: life. In right, the universe. There's
8: seaweed, there's, there's uh, plankton, there's something somewhere out there. Intelligent. Intergalactic space traveling life? I don't think so. Uh, there are many theories for why that could be the gr- the great filter. There's uh, arguments put forth by science fiction people that um, civilizations destroy themselves or yes. burn out or go or you know, they have a natural endpoint that occurs well beyond warp speed technology, if that's even possible. Yes, um, that's fine. Yes, and yes. Um, so we're Let's give it time. We might as well be alone.
6: Okay, well, we might as well be alone versus what I was arguing that statistically, given the scope and size of space, the kind of chronological problems that you describe, where we're so far away from civilizations and the universe is so old that many could have come and gone without us being able to connect in that way. All of those legitimate problems. I am not personally skeptical of the idea of intelligent life, of highly intelligent life, or even highly intelligent space life. I think the question of whether or not we should credit this particular report is a different one. Now, people are looking at this less skeptically than other kinds of reports, because Grush has these bona fides that, as uh, the New York Magazine reports, are worth taking seriously. They say Grush is a 36-year-old combat veteran of Afghanistan who was a member of the uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. A thing I didn't know existed, Uh, a program run by the Office of Naval Intelligence to investigate UFO sightings, tax dollars at work. From 2019 to 2021, he served on the task force as the representative of the National Reconnaissance Office, considered one of the big five of the U.S. intelligence agencies. His colleagues think highly of him, too. Uh, This is is not someone who— We are so
8: lucky these crashes keep uh, taking place in sparsely Populated areas of the U.S. where it's easier for the government to to cover them up. That's uh, that's real convenient. Um, Yeah, totally believable. It's not necessarily a crash.
6: It could be, as I've laid out, a landing strip. They're going to America's big welcome home beacon in the desert. Well, then they're,
8: so they're waiting. They're just kind of chilling out, eating cheeseburgers. They're like, okay, humans are 162 years from warp speed technology, and we're going to make our presence known. Yeah,
6: we're just like to kind of light yeah. influence. This is also a thing that happens on Star Trek. Sometimes they have disguised observational stations on primitive primitive planets to do archaeological studies. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we can leave Star Trek and go to another excellent 90s show, Alien Nation, where the premise was that there was a whole—it was like a a loose parody, well, a heavy-handed analogy for, like, integration, because these aliens have to basically refugee themselves on Earth, and how are you going to integrate them? And it was a buddy cop show with an alien alien cop and a a human cop.
0: cop.
2: all right enough of the buddy cop alien shows i remember alien nation i quite liked alien nation uh and there's a lot going on so that was a bit of fun really so it's it's a serious issue project blue beam is a serious thing artificial intelligence is quite a serious thing I want to be fairly light-hearted with it but it is quite a serious thing anyway. Um I don't know what's going on and I'm not going to claim that I know. But uh we can speculate a little bit. So we can we can speculate. I think I think there's uh there's probably a 10% chance that it's actually alien technology and it's probably mostly military technology. It may not even be 10%. It might only be like a a 2% chance. But I'm going to hold on to the 2% chance because I'm an incurable romantic and I want it to be true. And there's there's clearly intelligent alien life somewhere in the universe. It's just a matter of how far away it is and why would they want to come here in the first place? They they don't need to, really. Uh, Anyway... I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing shows on callin.com, dot com, and I'm gonna be doing shows on Podbean dot com. Uh, you can find me all over the internet. If you look for free association radio show, roundtable, and podcast, I'm on Rumble. I'm on I'm all over the place. BitChute, Rumble, uh, YouTube, Odyssey rumble rumble with calling and locals looks like the best place for me to be at the moment so i'm i'm focusing more on that but i want to keep podbean ticking over and i want to play with calling so that's where you'll find me if you want to participate in the show then uh sign up with call-in, have a conversation with me there and we'll we'll work out a way to get you on the show if you want to be on here i can open it up I'm, When I figure out a way to to do call-ins without my laptop falling over, then I'll I'll start to do call-ins a bit more. But I can do call-ins at call but if I share my screen, you can guarantee that the laptop will fall over at some point. It's already happened twice today so far. Anyway, that's it from me. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.
7: Hey everyone, it's Barbara Jean Lindsay, The Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com.
9: Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law, spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt.
0: Are you interested in the paranormal, murder mystery, real natural law? Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Fripp Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio. Studio A, freedomslips.com. Rick, Rick, I've been Welcome to the crypt. <laughs> what the heck is the truth? Jihad. Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth Jihad.